people. It's great to be with you. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. It's great to be home. Great to be, great to be with you. It's been some good services while we're away. You guys have just done amazing, but I don't expect anything less. You're a great church. You love the Lord. You're having a great impact in our city. People's lives are being transformed. It's, it's just great. It's just awesome, awesome, awesome. And uh, so thank you for being good, good church to come back home to. I'm going to tell you that. It's probably the best church to come back home to. How about that? The best. And so I want to just share a couple of things, and I'm going to jump right on into, uh, into this. Uh, they talked about the student auction and uh, just to give you some, a little bit more idea of why we do this, this is only the second time we've done it, but uh, we use a student auction, call it student auction because the funds go for the kids' camps, the kid, kids' camp during the summer, and also for the youth camp during the summer. And so it's a little bit early this year, but the idea is you can bring stuff, you probably got stuff in your garage, maybe stuff in a spare room that's... Uh, I think people use the term gently used. I don't really know what gently used means, but that's that I guess they said if you wouldn't if you wouldn't give it to your best friend, then don't bring it to us, right? But that'd be a kind of a best way to, to say it. But uh, but if you got but if you got some stuff that you you're just thinking, I don't know what I should do with this, we'll we'll just bring it. Uh, they're gonna auction that off on Saturday and all the funds go to help sponsor kids for kids camp and for youth camp. And it is it is a lot of fun, not to mention you you got uh, got brother rob working the grill and so you it's going to be <clears throat> it's going to be all uh, all good so let me just tell you that there are so many opportunities for you to uh to give you can give through the app for those of you that are new this is not normal uh i don't want you to get overwhelmed by it but every now and then i gotta pause give attention to our dear friend and then we move on so but we love her Ain't that right, Joseph? All right. Everybody good? Anybody else want to shout at me while we're at it? Everybody good? All right. I love you too. Yes, it's good to be home. No place like it. All right. Uh, So there's so many ways to give. You can give. There's boxes all over the building. Uh, CTC app. You can go through the app. You can go through the website. Uh, you can also text to give now, and I think all that information is on the envelopes. But uh, we, we thank you for your giving. It's because of your obedience and faith and tithing and offering that we're able to do the things that we, that we do week after week, place after place, church plan after church plan, country after country. That's because of your faithfulness and your, and your goodness, and we love you for it. Now, we're going to pray for our local church. We're going to pray for our church campuses, and then I'm going to jump right into uh, what I want to share, a lot of it is concerning the trip and where that's gonna gonna lead. Is everybody all right? All minds are clear. T- what about you? Don't mind touching the person next to you? There we go. About that. There we go. Good deal. Good deal. Well, Father, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good, Lord God, to to be home. It's good to be among family. It's good to be among friends. It's good, Lord God, to be in a place where your spirit dwells. We know, Father God, that it's because of your presence that lives are transformed. It's because of your presence, Lord God, that our lives, Lord, can experience the richness and the depth of you. It's because of your presence, Lord God, that we understand your love and and see the, the miraculous work that you do in our life when we're in the presence of God. It's no better place to be than right here in the house of the Lord. 
Father, I pray that as we go forth today and sharing what's on our heart and and, uh, just speaking to the people of God, I pray that hearts will be open, minds will be open. Uh, Lord God, that there will be a real clarity in the message, uh, understanding of our heart, our passion, our vision, uh, understanding what the Word of God is saying to us regarding that. And uh, Lord, let us receive it and... uh, It's a great church, Lord God. We know what to do when you give us direction and guidance, and we're thankful for that. So let us be open to hear that today. And Lord, we we do pray for a full gospel lighthouse today. And Pastor David there, I pray that you would be be with him. And uh, Lord, we we were thankful. I'm believing, haven't got a report yet, but believing services were good in uh, in Shandiga region and good in Guiani. Uh, pray, Lord God, that you continue to help each one of those pastors, families, uh, those churches that continue to grow. We pray for uh, Pastor David and, and San Luis, Lord God, that same thing today, that they would have a good service, good word, good opportunity for growth. Lord, we, we, we want our city to be impacted as a whole. So uh, as we pray for Pastor uh, David Jackson, we also pray for every church in our community as someone Uh, addresses that pulpit, Lord God, that they will speak the word of God, giving life, that our our city will be infiltrated with the gospel and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. May the people of God say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I'm going to have you turn to one verse and it's it's, it's it's John chapter 17. I know what you were thinking. You were thinking Hebrews, huh? gotcha. It's John chapter 17, and uh, we'll, 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 we'll get to it. You could, you could glance at it. I think that's actually the only verse that, uh, might, that we might, um, may not have on the screen, and that actually may be on the screen in a bit. But, you know, one of the, one of the things that, um, or many things, but if you, as you go into the foyer, sometimes walk in the halls, you'll see what we call value statements that are on the walls. They're things that we center our values around, the things that we believe that's going to help us accomplish what God has given us to do. Uh, and and there are statements, and then there may be a hashtag, a statement, uh, and then, uh, you know, our lives flourish in the presence of God, and so that, that hashtag will be hashtag presence. We believe the presence of God is critical. We believe it's an important. Again, as we talked about, we believe lives flourish in the presence of the Lord. Uh, You'll see a statement about um, enjoying the journey, and the hashtag on that would be fun. Uh, Because for some reason or another, there's a whole lot of people that believe that uh, the life of Christianity is not a fun life. Uh, I don't know about you, but I I love life. I enjoy life. I love to laugh, love to laugh loud, love to laugh hard, love to laugh often. And uh, there's nothing about serving Jesus that takes away laughter and fun and enjoying life. I, I actually think Christians ought to have the best life pl- on the planet. Uh, and I mean, I didn't, never have to, I didn't never have to read Joel Osteen's book about best life now to know that as a Christian, I got the best life now. Now. And then I get to go to heaven. Am I talking to the right church? And so you, you'll, you'll, you'll see something on there about uh, we always try to bring our best, talking about excellence. And we, we do. We work hard at that. We meet at that. We, we just believe that it honors God for us to put forth our best. We don't n- never want to have the, the mentality that when we prepare for people to come, 
uh, week after week and do meetings and do Bible studies that, you know, we settle with, well, that's, that's good enough. Nothing is good enough if it's not the best that we can do. And so we believe in excellence. And so we strive for, for that generosity. Uh, we absolutely know that, uh, that you cannot beat God giving. You just cannot beat God giving. All of us have experienced that, that understand the biblical heart of tithing and giving. You know that no matter what situation you're in financially, you can count on God. Not, not on the paycheck, not on the business, not on the, not on the boss. No matter what situation you're in, you can count on God. He, he always comes through. And, uh, and so we believe in irrational generosity. We give m- lots of money away. We give to local churches. We give to various ministries. We give to various causes. We just believe in being, in being generous. And God has been faithful uh, to us. And, and there's several. There's 10 of them uh, that you'll see. Our city is one that we, we love our city. As you well know, we take responsibility for our city. Uh, we believe that God has placed us here for a reason. I know that there's some people who don't necessarily care for human. You might be here because you got sent here, shipped here, married here, whatever the case may be, born here and can't get out. I don't know. But, but, uh, but, 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 but we, we love our city. This is where God has placed us. This is where God has planted us. And and, uh, and we love it. And, we, uh, and, and so we want to take responsibility for it. That's why we pray for other churches every week. We've never been the mentality that, that you know, that we're, we're building an empire. We're kingdom builders. We're just part of every other church in our city that's trying to do and accomplish the same things. When other churches in this city grows, that's a benefit to everybody who lives here. And so we want other churches to grow. We want preachers to preach the gospel. We want worship leaders to lead. We want God to be present in every service. We love our city. We take responsibility for it. While I'm on that subject of taking responsibility, I have been just overwhelmed by all of these fentanyl deaths in our community. I'm telling you, we got to stand up. We got to call on God. We got to push back some darkness. We got young people losing their lives out of ignorance, out of foolishness, or because somebody convinced them of something that would be good for them. We cannot sit around as a church and just say, man, I hope this changes. It's not going to change unless we go forth, push darkness back, just just stand right in the face of the enemy and say, you're not going to keep taking young people in our community. We need Jesus to help us and we need the power of God. Can I, can I get amen out there? That's somebody's daughter. That's somebody's son. That's a neighbor. That's somebody's grandchild. That's somebody's brother. That's somebody's sister. Listen, we, we do not have any kind of uh, mediocrity mentality that when we open up the paper, turn on the news, another 17-year-old or another 18-year-old then took their life behind something that they've just got completely deceived by. We, we, we just don't stand for it. We take responsibility for our city. We take responsibility for it. And so when I think about these uh, different values and the things that we, that we uh, believe in and, and, uh, and teach, I, I want today to put emphasis on one, and that's the one uh, on go, the one on go. And when, I, when we, uh, Virginia and I left on the, on the trip, I had five objectives. I won't go into what all five of those objectives were, but, but, but uh, five objectives that was on my heart concerning India, Nepal, and, and uh, Dubai. 
And uh, two of those objectives uh, I'll, I'll share with you and then we'll, I'll, I'll share some things and, and move on with it. But it, it's important to me with the various places, and this will actually be the first year that I've been able to do, to be present at the anniversary of each one of the foreign churches. We've done Pastor David's in January, done Norman's 13th anniversary uh, last week. We'll be in with uh, Pastor um, Robonda uh, in May. First time that we've been able to do all three uh, anniversaries in, in one year. But, but one of the things that's important uh, to me and important to us is strengthening the churches, strengthening the believers, strengthening uh, disciples. Many of those are in some difficult places. Uh, I, I don't want to shock anybody or scare anybody that's on the India team, but India has now went into the top 10 of, of, of uh, Christians of the most persecuted uh, around the world. And there's, and there's, there's reasons, uh, reasons for that. People are in some tough uh, territory, tough ground. And, uh, and so we, we, we want to honor them. We want to strengthen them. It's biblical if, uh, without going through all of the verses, but if you watch the life of Paul, after he went and done the church plants, you'll see three times in the book of Acts where whoever was traveling with him, as they were doing a missionary journey, he would say, let's go and strengthen those churches who, that have been planted. You'll see it in Acts chapter 14, verse 23. Uh, he told his partner, let's go and strengthen the disciples there and encourage them in the faith. You'll see it in Acts chapter 15. Uh, I don't quite remember the verses, maybe like 20, 21, same thing. He says, let's go and strengthen the disciples that's in those cities where we planted the churches and let's, let's go and encourage them in the faith. You'll see the same thing in Acts chapter 18, same language where Paul says, I want to go and strengthen those churches, strengthen those believers. That's an important thing to me, to strengthen those. You know, listen, there may be a time in America where we have to deal with some persecution like in other countries, but we're not there yet. Uh, again, might get there, but listen, people in other places are dealing with that stuff on a regular basis and on a daily basis. And when people are in this mindset that the Lord, and this is kind of a slightly theological doctrinal issue that not everybody will agree with, and I actually don't care because I'm the pastor and I get to tell you what I believe the Bible says. But when people get into that mindset that the Lord is going to snatch us out of here and then tribulation is going to be unleashed on the earth, you go to these places where we go and they'll tell you tribulation is already happening. That's already happening. There's nothing worse than, 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 than you see your children get their heads cut off before you get your eyes poked out. You tell me that ain't tribulation. People are already struggling and suffering and doing everything they can with not all of the fancies, fancy things of life and all of the finances and all of the resources and all of the good things. We get to get out of air conditioner car, come in air conditioner building where we got lights and smoke and whistles and bells and all that stuff and get back into our cars and go to our air conditioned home or our air conditioned restaurants when they got to they walk to where they're going or ride a camel, which is actually kind of fun, riding a camel, or they got to ride a horse. And then they got to go to a place that might have some kind of makeshift uh, 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 poles that hold up some kind of covering where it's hot and it's heat and it's rain and, 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 and they still given all they got for people's lives to be transformed and never know when their house will get broke into, never know when the, when the, the place that they're meeting is going to get raided, never know these things. And, uh, and we, can, we can really get so caught up in what it means to be a Christian in America, in America, and not know what other people are dealing with. So it's important for me to go and encourage and to, to, to uh, encourage them in the faith and to strengthen. And, and you're so part of that, and I'm so grateful uh, that you are, and you'll see some of that here in just a moment. The second thing, second objective was to go to 
a place called Barampur Bit. It's a village that's about an hour from the main church there in Shandigar, where uh, a gentleman by the name of Pastor Guru, Guru Bach is the pastor. And this is where our team is going to be going. One, a couple of the days that they're there, they're going to be going to this particular village. And it's actually the one place that I have the most association with out of the church plants. I got more relationship with some of the pastors uh, that's under Norman, but this place I have more of an investment in, and so do you as a, as a church, and I'll, I'll share about that. But I wanted to go see, they were going to walk me through the things that they were going to do. And, and I want to I share some things. First, let me just put that picture up with Norman's family. I, I do want to just tell you this. Uh, Norman's family, the church, uh, it is doing better than I have ever seen it being done in, in 13 years. I mean, they are in an amazing place. Uh, Norman and his family is doing fantastic. The church is just doing I mean, just incredibly well. The spirit of God in the place is amazing. Easiest time for me to preach there. Didn't have to deal with no uh, issues at all. Uh, Malachi, is, I'm just so, my heart is overwhelmed with emotion on how Malachi's done. I preached at the, at the main center where we had the graduation. That went really well. Malachi is doing really well. The church services there were just was incredible. I think it must have been 4,000 each night at those meetings. And uh, that was incredible. And and Malachi will be with Norman for a couple of months, which he's excited about and Norman's excited about, but, but, but they're doing, they're doing very well. So when we went to uh, Barampur, I'm going to tell you a little bit about um, this place and how this came about. Uh, Barampur uh, bait. Uh, again, it's a village. It may be a little over an hour away uh, from, the, from the main church. Uh, it's a place of about 2,500 people, maybe about 400 families. Um, and the place, th- this area is primarily where the Sikh religion was started in this Punjab area. You've seen uh, the Sikhs are the ones that wear the, the turbans, the really nice turbans, not, not the rags, you know, but the really nice turbans that are all tied up. Uh, and they actually are people who believe in one God. They're one God. People don't believe in idol worship, don't believe in any immorality. They're not Muslim. They're not Hindu. Sikh is separated, rose up like, I don't know, 1500 or so, something like that. Uh, very good living, clean living people. A lot of them are business uh, business people. This region was all Sikh, uh, this, where Burampur uh, Beit is. Uh, Pastor Gurubach, he had a dream. Now, he was a Sikh, very much uh, a leader in the Sikh faith. He had a dream. And in the dream, he g- got an understanding that Jesus was speaking to him and calling him to come to follow him. Now, mind you, he's a, he's a Sikh. And so he was, didn't know who he would talk to about that. There was no known believers in that, in that village at all, not a one. But he has this dream. Now, he had a best friend who was an elderly man, was also an elder in the community. They still do some of the old, you know, elders at the gate come here, the type stuff like we see in the Old, old Testament. This, he had a friend that was an elder. And what he did not know is that this friend also had a very similar dream. But, but uh, Gurubach, even though he was with him several days after, he was a little afraid to tell him, but he, it just kept pressing on him, pressing on him, 
that Jesus was speaking to him, but he really didn't know a whole lot about Jesus. So, and so, and, and baby, you can tell me if I'm, if I'm uh, missing a point on this, but, but I guess you can holler out at me. But, but, uh, but, while, but, but, but one day he just decides, I just got to share with my friend and just see where this goes. And so he starts to share the dream and his friend stops him and finish the dream because he had had the same dream. And they realized now that both of them had heard from Jesus and didn't know what to do about it. Well, he said in one of his nights, late nights of being up, there was a TV program came on. The TV program was called, it comes on like 4.30 in the morning. TV program come on called Glory to God. And who's preaching on Glory to God? Pastor Tony. So he hears this message from Pastor Tony and, and thinks, this is what I need. And on the bottom of the screen, when the, when the program was over, was Pastor Norman's phone number. So he calls Norman and tells him who he is. He just told him a few brief things. I'm a Sikh. Uh, told him how old he was. Told him about his family. Said, I had a dream about Jesus. I'm in this village here where there are no known believers that I know of. And I need to know about this Jesus. Will you come talk to me about this Jesus? So Norman takes a drive and meets with him and that elder man uh, in their home and tell them about Jesus. They both come to the Lord Jesus Christ, them and their families. Now, not long after that, was my, this was five years ago, was my time to go be with Norman. It was, it was just maybe within weeks Uh, no more than a month and a half, two months for me to arrive, uh, to be with Norman and Sean Deager. So when I, before I got there, Norman had told me about this thing. And he says, I think we need to go look and see about planting a church there. And so I took the drive with them. I met with the family in their home. By that time, this guy, cause Norman was going every week to meet with them, just telling them a little bit more about Jesus, a little bit more about the Bible. By this time, the guy had maybe gathered 12 people in his house. It might have been a little more, but when I got there, we met with them in the morning, and uh, after sensing it, after talking, after hearing their heart, I just said, let's do it. Let's just, let's just plant a church. So the guy, the Pastor Guru, Guru Botch, he said that if, if, you're willing, if you guys are willing to build a, a building here, uh, he was a farmer. He says, I got a piece of land. I'll show you. We can build the building there. And so sure enough, we went to the place and uh, saw the piece of land. Now, they, they have a little different concept of building sizes, so Norman me- measured off and thought this, was fit, this would fit, and sure enough, uh, a building was built there. You're going you're gonna to see that. Actually, maybe let's do the video now, and then I'll come back and share some more about this. So we are in Barampur Bet. This is the village where our team will be coming in May. This was just an empty field. Five years ago, Norman and I came here, met with Pastor Gudabach, who you'll meet in just a moment, and, and met with his home group. And Norman planted a church here. We prayed over this field. And now look what we have, a beautiful, beautiful building. This is the largest church now that Norman has planted. Uh, the growth has been phenomenal in an area where people would have thought there would be no one. There was no believers here uh, when Norman came to meet with uh, Pastor Gudabach. And now God is blessing tremendously. Well, this is inside the sanctuary that they've built. And I'm going to tell you, Pastor Gudabach and his team with Pastor Norman's leadership, they've done an amazing job. We are standing in the middle of this field. And uh, they, they hold, there's more people that come. 200 people come to the services. This only holds 80 on the inside. So there's 
people all on the outside. And uh, we've had open air meetings, or they've had open air meetings, where they've done 500 people on the outside. But a great job that Pastor Budabach and his team have done here. And uh, so when our team comes, they're going to be putting three ACs in this building, and they'll be building a bathroom in one of the uh, villages, one of the village homes. But it's going to just enhance what they're already doing. Uh, their vision uh, is fantastic. Pastor Norman can tell you a little bit more about that, and he'll have Pastor Gudabach also share. So first of all, I want to thank you, CTC, for sending us a team. We're really excited. And this building is one of the first church buildings that we did a few years ago, and God has been gracious enough. There was not a single believer in this village. Now there are 200 plus people oh, uh, worshiping with Pastor Guru Baksh and he's doing a tremendous job and, and we are very, very excited for you all to come. And uh, Pastor Guru Baksh wants to say something in his native language. Praise the Lord. And uh, V, what do you think? I mean, this is all new. I first, when I first came here, there was nothing here. We came, we met with Pastor Gudabach and his family. They were doing this five years ago. Five years ago in a home meeting. And we came, Norman and I came and prayed over this land. And now look what we got. It's just amazing. So good. It's a blessing. And so we're very, very grateful. Thank you again, CTC. Yeah. Let me just, yeah, it's great. And the, the team is just going to love being there. Again, that's the largest church now that's been planted, an area of 2,500 people. You got over 200 people coming to the church there. Only 80 people fit on the inside, so they're all on the outside. And, and before the building was built, um, one of the ways that Norman likes to plan a church is to try to do an outdoor meeting. Uh, where you let people know. Now, mind you, it's a Sikh community, but one thing about the Sikhs is that they're um, religious tolerant, I guess would be the word. Um, acceptance, uh, they don't resist people from doing, having other faiths, so they allow things, but again, like most communities, especially when the government is ran by them, they certainly don't want people becoming other things. So when, when Norman decided the best thing to do is to bring a team, do an outdoor meeting on the field, to get the church planted, to get people an interest. Um, he um, had to, he, uh, Pastor Gurubach had to get word, had to get permission inside, although it was his field, but had to get permission from the folks. 20 different, they call them societies, but 20 different organizations in the community rose up against them, did not want them to do a Christian meeting uh, at all. But the Sikh government met with them, and they, again, they said, we can't necessarily stop this. This would go against what we believe to stop them from doing this. But we're very concerned. And so what they said was, what we, what we would want from you, for you to do is to have a videographer, videographer, how do you, uh, someone taking video. Yep, that would be the best way to say it. And someone taking pictures. I think they call them a photographer. So, so it's going to be somebody with a video and someone with the camera because we want to see everything you're going to do uh, these three days. We want to, we want to see it, and you got to pay for it. But, but that's that's our deal. So Norman was fine with that. So I'm telling you this story because again, the government sent this this um, person taking a video and sent the people to take the photos. The first night, um, everything went as normal. The second night. Uh, the guy who was taking the videos for the government gave his life to Jesus and got saved. 
<laughs> and got saved and told Norman them, you don't even have to pay for this. I'll pay the government. I'm just so glad Jesus has changed my life. 500 people showed up at that outdoor meeting. And, uh, and this, this fella gives his life to Jesus. Some other great things happened with, with that. As Pastor Guterbach was building a church, um, they... Um, they had people that was in the community that saw the good that they were doing. And they needed a water system, and the team will see this. It runs their bathrooms and, and the water that they need there on uh, the property. They needed a water system put up. And, and the reason I also wanted to say, some of you might remember, when I, did, when I went there five years ago, I took, I'd done a video from that field and showed you what we were going to do. CTC uh, gave a lot of money to help build that building. Norman raised some money, but, but uh, there were still funds needed, and they were you know, just going as they could. But, but there was a water system needed. He was running short on some money. We had sent what we had sent. Norman and them had sent what they uh, could give. But he says he goes to his property one morning, and there's people there putting up a water system. And they gave no explanation of who sent them, no explanation who paid for it. They just put the whole system in. He went there another day, and they were getting ready to do some, some wall work and stuff. He pulls up to his property, 100 bags of cement there. No explanation of who brought it, no explanation of who paid for it. He had another bill he had to pay at the little, uh, they don't call them hardware stores, like the little supply house, 37000 is what it was. He went to pay, uh, that's rupees, by the way. Uh, he went to pay the 37000 rupee bill. When he got, when got to the counter to pay it, they said somebody's already came and paid the bill. No explanation, no name. I mean, just thing after thing after thing that happened. And I'm telling you, it, it's a great, great church. He's doing a fantastic job and the team is going to love uh, being there. And it's already a good looking building. They'll put the ACs in. But, but I wanted to tell one other thing before I actually get to my message. I'm, I know I'm running, I'm running out of time, but just hang with me for a little bit. We go back outside after we do the video inside, and uh, we're praying for the team. It's me, Norman Malachi, and, and V. We're praying for the team. We're praying for Pastor uh, uh, Gudobach and his family. We're praying for God to increase their influence in that community, being the only Christian church uh, in that area. So we're outside praying. While we're praying, I hear a, a vehicle pull up and stop, but, but you know, we're just going on doing our thing and, and finish praying, and when I look up, there's a Sikh man sitting in his vehicle, and he's just staring at us. And uh, at first, I was a little concerned, but then he got a big smile on his face, and he called uh, Pastor Gudabach over to his vehicle. Pastor Gudabach goes over there. They share their language. Pastor Gudabach tells Norman in, in their language, he says, this man wants Pastor Tyrone to go pray for his family and his school. Uh, so the man is a Sikh. He has a school of 350 students. And you could see it. It was walking distance. And, uh, and they're a Sikh family. And he said he won't pass the Tyrone to go pray. I looked at Norman and think, is this a setup? Is this real? And, and, uh, and so uh, Norman says something to Gudabach, and Gudabach is, uh, is uh, shaking his head. And, and so I, I said, well, what should I do? And Norman, of course, what do you mean, Dad? We're going to go. So he tells, the, he tells the man, tell him we're going to go. So I'm still kind of wondering about this. So we're walking along, and v, v can tell you, I turned, I said, Norman, what, how do I pray? Do I say God? Do I just say Father? Like, what, how should I go about this? He said, you pray in the name of Jesus. What do you mean? How do you pray? So, so, we, so, we, so we, we go over, we go into the school, nice building, 
we go into the office, the wife is there sitting at her desk, the husband is there, the one that invited us over, and there's a daughter-in-law sitting waiting for us to come. So I sit down and I'm just trying to feel this thing out. And so I sit there, I ask questions about the school, a little bit about their life. Uh, uh, two, two of them knew English, right? Two, the two of the three that was there uh, knew English. So they're telling me about the school and different things about their life and, and uh, their relationship with uh, Pastor Gudebach. They says when Pastor Gudebach um, was, was building his building, they were also building theirs at the same time. And they needed water. And Pastor Gudebach discovered that they needed water. So he piped water to their building at no charge so they could build their building. This was for the seats. So, so they said when, when we saw that he needed electricity, we wired things to his building so he could get electricity at no charge while he's building his building. So he says, as far as we're concerned, we have a good relationship together. And I thought, this is on. And I'm telling you, I said, y'all ready to pray? I called down Jesus like I never called him down before. It was an amazing time to pray with that family, to lay hands on them, to call upon the name of Jesus. And they're excited now about the team going to go to their school, to pray over the school and pray over their family. It's just an amazing, amazing thing uh, that God was doing. I think there were some pictures that you can roll. Uh, sorry, I was going to roll some pictures uh, about that. But, but it was an incredible opportunity right there in that village of what God's going uh, to do. And so when the team goes, uh, they're just going to add more to what God is doing and just be more uh, of a presence. And so with that, uh, again, I want to thank you, CTC, and thank you for helping uh, this team get there. Now, people may ask, they may ask this, you know, why, why, why do we do these things? I, I cannot tell you how many discussions I've had with people on, well, why do you think we need to go to foreign countries? And why do you think we need to spend that kind of money? And why do you think we need to go through that kind of expense? We got, we got needs in America, and of course we do, and we always will. We got needs in Mexico, and of course we do, and we always will. But, but we're doing work in Mexico. We got uh, Kurt and his team are doing a phenomenal job uh, down there in Mexico, serving the people, building houses, loving on them, doing a great job. We got Pastor David uh, down there. But, but I'm going to tell you the main reason and why we go. You can, you, can, you can come up with a whole lot of questions, but, but here, here is one answer. The number one answer to me is because we're sent. We're sent. It's the number one answer to me. And, and here, here's that. Did I ever tell you to turn to a Bible verse? Yeah. John 17, 18. Listen to what, what the scripture says. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And there's several verses that we hear from Jesus about us as a people being sent to do what God has called us to do in the areas that we can. Mark 16, 15 says that we're sent to proclaim the gospel. And that's first and primary for me is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ being preached. People having an understanding and a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, for, us to, uh, for us to know that with all the things that we want to do, and there's many things that we like to do in any community, but with with all of that, the whole idea is for people to come to know our Lord and Savior. So, so Mark 16, 15 tells us that we're sent to the world, to the nations, to proclaim the gospel. Matthew 28, 19 says that we're sent to make disciples of all nations and all people groups. All nations and all people groups. I was going to read an a email to you, but it, it may take too long to read. So I, I think I can share it with you. I got this email right before we left from a guy named Mark Trapura. Uh, uh, I now know about his age and stuff. I just couldn't remember him. He sent me an email. 
He's from Bangladesh. And uh, he, he sent this email saying that he uh, met me. I taught one of the schools that he was at at the YWAM base. And uh, he told me how long ago uh, that it was. Uh, I, I didn't remember him at all. He did mention that he didn't talk to me very much because he was, you know, didn't know English uh, that well, was still, was still learning. But after he went through the school, had some mentorship, he went back to his land in Bangladesh. And he's kind of in the highlands there and, and also serves on the one side of the border in, in northern India. He said that his, his, his people group, they don't have a... a a Bible in their language, in, their, in, his, in, in the language that they speak, which he told me the name of the language. I, I don't know it, but uh, I don't know how to say it. But, but he said that he has completed, listen to this, he's completed writing the entire Bible in the language of his people group. The entire Bible is done. I asked Jeff Howie, Howie about this. He says, Tyrone, it's phenomenal. First of all, he says, I don't, I, I don't know why you wouldn't remember him. And he told me a couple of stories that he thought, but he, but he says, but, but I would have never thought this guy had the ability, but he's written the whole Bible in his language for his people group. They're up in the mountains. They have no electricity, no roads uh, to where they are and no running water. That's where these folks live. And, he, and in his email, he said that I've established three very small uh, home groups. Uh, he calls them churches, of course, because that's, that's, what, they, that's what they are to them. And uh, so they got, he says, I've established three of them, two on the Bangladesh side, one on the, on the northern Indian side, right across from where, uh, where we are. He says, I'm doing my best to try to minister these. And now I got this Bible completed. He says, every time I go to the base, I keep hearing your name, hearing your name, hearing your name. He says, I'm sending this email asking, would you come help us? Will you help us? Will you help us get this Bible to distribute it? Will you help us build these churches? Listen, everything about me says yes and amen because that's what we're all about. Now, I still got to hear from the Lord on it, but everything about me because why? God has sent us to bring the gospel to every people group on the planet. It's not just us. Of course, there's a host of people, but that's who CTC is. We're sent to do this. And, and Acts 1.8, you know, that's real simple when it says sent to be witnesses. Uh, he said, you know, Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea and the uttermost parts of the earth. That's the mandate right there. Whenever people says, well, why do you got to go so far away? Because Jesus says you deal with home, you deal with close to home in Samaria, you deal, deal with a little bit farther from home, which is Judea, and then you go to places far away. It's just that simple. We're to be witnesses wherever Jesus sends us. We're to be witnesses for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in these two minutes, I'm going to say three things and I'll let you go. Number one is this. I'm so grateful to have a church that is a partner with us in the vision of seeing people far from God find life in Christ. I'm just grateful to have a church that says yes to whatever God is doing. Philippians 1, 3, and 5 says this. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. I just love the heart of people in our, in our fellowship, in our community that says, yes, listen, we really believe this. People that are far from God need to find life in Jesus Christ. We, we are not satisfied with people just having a good life. I, I, can I just tell you something? I, believe me, I'm a big 
support of education. I want people to have good marriages. I want people to have good careers. I want people to, to do well financially. I want people to be of good health. I want them to be blessed. But listen, you can have all of that and not have Jesus. And, and I'm telling you, if you don't know what the Bible says, I'll tell you what the Bible says. All of that's going to come to destruction. It's all going to come to naught. Here is the heart of us. We want people far from God to find life in Christ. And, and, and you may say, well, how do you define find far from God? What if they go to church? What if they know about God? If they don't know Jesus, they're still far from him. We want the only way to find life is in Christ Jesus. He comes and gives us life and that more abundantly. That only comes from Jesus. It's our heart's desire for people to find life in Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Second thing is that I'm grateful for is that you're an, you're an investor in this. You're, you're investing in building. You're investing in building up the local churches. You're investing in us planting and building local churches. I, I love what Paul said in 2 Corinthians. He said this, 2 Corinthians 9, 13 and 14. He says, because of the proof provided by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedient confession of the gospel of Christ. Because of the proof that you've provided and for your generosity and sharing with them and with everyone else. And as they pray on your behalf, they will have deep affection for you because of the surpassing grace of God. Now, I, I, I had no idea what Pastor Gudabach was going to say, but he actually said this verse without saying it as you read the bottom of the screen he says our hearts will ever be uh, grateful for you and tied to you for now to eternity because of what you're doing people i'm telling you you are you will be amazed at how people's life are impacted just because you make a commitment we're going to pray we're going to give and we're going to support now i want to i just want to inform you of something i'm going to hit this a couple more times over the next few weeks but uh, before we get to Easter. When you go out, you're going to notice some, some boards on the back there that's got a bunch of white envelopes on them. And these envelopes are numbered $1 all the way to $144. $1 all the way to $144. There's 144 envelopes on both sides. And let me tell you what I want you to do with this. However the Lord leads you. Because this is what I, what I believe. Everybody here can do something regarding people coming to Jesus. Everybody can. Not everybody's going to go, and not everybody's intended to go. But everybody can give. Everybody can pray. Now, you may think, well, I don't have that much to give. That's why we got $1 envelopes. That's why we got $2 envelopes. That's why we got $3 envelopes. And, and, and let, me, let me just tell you whatever, you, whatever you can do, just grab that envelope, and that's what you put in. Now, I don't, you know, don't run nobody over to get to the one, but, but, uh, but, but, whatever, but, but whatever it says on the front... That's what you give. $1, $2, $3, $50, whatever's on the front, that's what you give. And it's not going to be under pressure. Here's the deal. You can take that envelope, stick it in your, in your Bible, and walk away. We're not taking notes. We're not asking you what envelope you got. Nobody's going to ask you anything. This is what I believe. God will put on your heart what to do. And you do it whenever you get ready to do it, whenever you want to do it. You just ask God what to do. We, we still got more projects we're doing in India. We got stuff we're doing in South Africa. We actually, of course, any funds that come in for the missions is going toward missions. And this will be a big, big blessing to us over the next year and a half, actually, if, if this goes away. I believe that it will. But, but you ask God what you can do. $1, $2, $3, $4, $5, don't go to Starbucks this week and put in $5. Don't, don't go to, I don't know, how much does it cost of fast food no more? I, I, you know, I'm kind of done away with that fast food. But save your 12 bucks. Put it in missions. People like Pastor Gurubach love what you're doing for them. 
love what you're doing. So anybody can give. And here's the last thing. You can stand on this. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to pray. I, I want you to know you're made for this. You're made for this. This is, this is what God has given us to do as a church. I, w- I want to give you this verse. There's a couple that I want to share with you. Again, some people will go, some people will give, some people will pray. And, and uh, if I had more time, I'll talk about this. But, but oftentimes people, people think, you know, I'm, I'm just in no position to do anything. Have you experienced the love of Jesus? Has your life been changed? Has your life been transformed? Have, have you recognized what Christ has done for you? The automatic response to that is want someone else to experience that same blessing of eternal life. I don't see how any of us as Christians can ever be content with knowing that I'm saved and I'm going to heaven and not really be concerned about anybody else. I don't see how any Christian can get to that place of contentment. But, but one of my favorite stories, and I'll, 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 I'll close with this one, is in the book of Isaiah chapter 6. King Uzziah had died, and Isaiah was a prophet at the time. After Uzziah's death, Isaiah goes into the temple in Isaiah chapter 6. And when he walks in, he receives this vision, and there's angels of God all around the building. And they're shouting, holy, holy, holy. And they're going back and forth, giving praise and honor unto God. It was so overwhelming to him that we call it, uh, theologians call it beatific vision. He was able to see the glory of God with his own eyes as, as the praise and the worship and the glory of God was being lifted up. Now here's Isaiah being the prophet, the eagle-eyed prophet, sharp prophet, prophesied about Jesus Christ. He sees this and he says, whoa, 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 I have seen God. I've seen God and I'm among people with unclean lips. I'm an unclean person. And as he declares that, one of the angels goes and takes with the tongues and takes uh, some coal, I would say, off of the fire. It's representing the sacrifice that God has given for us. He takes that and he goes to Isaiah and touches Isaiah's lips with that, those hot coals off the sacrifice. And says, listen, now your lips have been cleansed. You've been cleansed. You have, you have now, what you thought made you unqualified or unable even to stand in the presence of the Lord. That's all been done away with by the sacrifice that's on the altar. Which we know is a clear picture of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. When that's done, Isaiah's still standing there and he hears this voice from heaven saying, who do I have to send to the people? Who can now go to the people? And this same Isaiah who thought he was unqualified, unable, not being any benefit, not in any condition at all to do anything for anybody. After he had received the atoning sacrifice of God, he stands there and says, here am I, send me. Let me tell you something, folks. Everybody here that's, that has received the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, every one of us ought to have our hands up. Here am I. Send me. It, it may not be send you to Bangladesh or send you to India, but send you to people that are lost. And, and, and maybe sending, sending through financing, sending through prayer, but position yourself to say the goodness of God has been so good and so amazing in my life. How can I sit back on the benches and say, I don't have a place. There's nothing I can do. No, no, no. Every one of us that's experienced 
the love of Jesus, we ought to be standing on top of it. Said, hey, here am I. Send me. People, your neighbors need to be saved. Your parents need to be saved. Your children need to be saved. People need the love of Jesus. Here am I. Send me. We go because God has sent us to go. And so I'm grateful for you. And I'm looking forward to God doing some awesome and amazing things through CTC. Amen? Okay, I'm done. Time's up. Father, I love you. I thank you. Just appreciate so much what you've been able to do through this house, through this ministry, through the lives of these people. And Lord, I pray that you continue to just help us. That would be the best way as we seek you in guidance and seek you in wisdom. That the places that we go, the churches that we plant, the people that we strengthen and encourage will continue to do the work that you've called them to do and however we can come alongside. But Father, even more so, we know we're surrounded by people, even in our own community, that are still far from you. Let us have that, here am I, send me mentality. Here am I, send me. Here am I, send me to that neighbor. Here am I, send me to that co-worker. Here am I, send me to that employer. Here am I, send me to that grandmother. Here am I, send me to that person in the hospital. Here am I, send me to that young person before they put that stuff in their mouth. Here am I, Lord, send me. Send me. And Lord, I pray that we be obedient to the call. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. May the people of God say amen. Listen, prayer team, why don't you come? They're going to take us into a song of worship. The altars are going to be open. If you need to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, I didn't make an altar call, but you don't need me to, you don't need me to tell you to come. I would want to tell you to come. Matter of fact, I will tell you to come. If you don't know Jesus, you can come get saved right now. Just come up here. Give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you need to be baptized, let somebody know. If you need prayer for healing, just come on up. Uh, I'm going to pray God blessing upon you, those of you that are leaving. Stop by the envelopes on your way out uh, and uh, pray for us as we get ready to go into another service. But God bless you. Have a good day.